What's up, everybody? Blush Cameron here with a new episode of my new podcast. I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, I hope everyone is quarantined right now. As I'm sure you're well aware, it is uh, Coronaville, um, USA, um, Corona Time, USA. Uh, so I hope everyone is, um, taking precautions, um, to halt and slow the spread of this pandemic. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it right now. I'd be shocked if you didn't know what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, uh, today's episode is with my very close friend, very old friend that I've known for a long time, Christopher Liu. He used to play in a uh, Midwest emo band called Brave Bird that uh, got pretty popular uh, back in the early 2010s. I've known Chris for over 10 years now, and I got to see the rise of his band firsthand and the fall of the band and uh, it was a very interesting time and it's a very great conversation to go back and talk about those things um, they were signed to count your lucky stars which if you don't know who that is what label that is that was run by uh, the guy from empire empire i was a lonely estate which is another classic emo band uh so yeah it was definitely an interesting time and uh a couple years ago, we actually played in a band together called Death Flags. Well, it was his band, and I played in his band. It's like a post-punk, gothic kind of vibe. Uh, it's fun to talk about that, too. I left some kind of awkward parts in because I thought they were funny, especially in the beginning. There was, like... <laughs> uh, you'll hear it, but there's this part where he's like... I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do an intro. And he's like, do you want to just do a start? He's like, do you want it? We should do like a start here type of thing. And I'm just like, nah. <laughs> nah, let's not do that. And then I start like right there. So it was, I don't know. It was funny. I left it in. I still don't know what I'm doing if it's not obvious, but I'm learning. Uh, also... I'm working on rescheduling my shows that were supposed to happen later this month. I guess I've never properly introduced myself on this show. Um, so if you don't know who I am, my name's Blush Cameron. I write, record, perform, and release pop songs under the name Blush Cameron. And I have a backing band that plays shows with me, and we were going to head out for a few days at the end of this month um but you know the corona corona time usa so we have canceled and postponed hopefully um with that said i'm gonna be out of work for the next couple of weeks as i'm sure a lot of people will be if you somehow have disposable income and want to help me get through this time you can stream my music, you can uh, 
buy my music on Bandcamp, blushcameron.bandcamp.com. I'm also starting a Patreon that will probably go up with this episode. Uh, the uh, Patreon will be patreon.com slash blushcameron. And there I will be posting solo episodes, extra clips from the main episodes. For example, I'll be posting a clip of me and Brandon Greaves from Pity Sex talking about uncut gems. So if you're interested in that, that will be in there. Um, I'll do behind-the-scenes stuff. I'll have like a Patreon-only Instagram account. And lastly, I will also be posting B-sides and demos of my own music, unreleased stuff. And again, that's patreon.com slash blushcameron. And please hit me up everywhere else, too, at blushcameron. That's all other social media platforms at blushcameron. Feel free to reach out, say hi, ask questions. If you have any suggestions for guests or suggestions for podcast content or Patreon content, I should say, I would love to hear from you. Uh, Please stay safe out there. Uh, Please wash your hands. Here's the show. Wait, also, I forgot to mention, I'm going to be playing a full Death Flag song at the end of the show. Uh, So that's what that is. If you stick around till the end, that's what that is. Okay, bye. Love is a mistake, we're throwing the towel And a thing I hate is fighting me back again Run down a way I found in you The me to fall forward To say that I'm sorry Yo, what's up? Hey, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you, dude. Uh, How does it sound? Does it sound alright? Yeah, you sound amazing, actually. Are you using a microphone? Yeah, I'm using like my mic that I used to record music. Nice. Um, in game. That's sick. Uh, how how do I sound to you? You sound good. Cool. So I'm just, I just use maybe my. Um, what? Maybe a little bit like. Uh, maybe a little bit like roomy, but it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I just am using my laptop um, because I figure. I don't know. Maybe this is a dumb reason, but I figure that most people that I'm going to be talking to aren't going to be using, like, a microphone. So I yeah, for sure. didn't want there to be, like, a big difference. But now that I think about it, most of the podcasts that I listen to, when they have, like, remote guests on, that's the way it is. Is like, the person, the host has, like, a microphone. But yeah, I mean, whatever you want. I think it actually sounds... Uh, surprisingly good for being your laptop yeah cool all right well um there's no intro and i'm gonna edit like you know out whatever bullshit um so uh yeah i didn't like really review the questions too much so 
Yeah, that's but fine. But do you want to do you want to do like a let's start right here like no. so we don't have like a bunch of No. Um basically okay. uh I want to ask if you remember where we met or when we met like the first time. Oh. Do you remember cuz I uh, don't. I'm pretty sure that like we met online first. Yeah. Um, of course, I think we went to the same, we went to the same high school, but, uh, like, I don't know, we didn't talk to each other. Um, but, uh, I remember that you had left, left school cause I was a year older than you, but you did your like freshman year, but then you were gone. And then, um, we just became friends over MySpace, And then like, we had both known that we we're both interested in music and i remember like 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 asking around if anybody played music or anything and you had sent me a message saying that you were interested and you know nothing really necessarily came of that but we that's pretty much how we became friends in the first place yeah i remember us like uh trading like little demos and stuff yeah we would send each other music like a lot like back and forth um i don't want to get too far ahead uh i just wanted to start with that i want to go back now do you what was your first instrument um i mean i played piano as a kid uh but i would say like the first instrument that i did was um that like I played a lot of and was like actually interested in was like uh I was in band and I played alto sax alto saxophone nice yeah I started with violin in uh middle school um and what what age was it that you like kind of discovered like alternative stuff like music wise yeah um I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Cause like, like when I was a child, like I remember hearing maybe like Blink-182 or like, like there, like I had friends in class and I was like, you guys are cool. Like what kind of stuff are you listening to? They're like, we're listening to Blink-182. And I always thought that those guys were like the out people, like, because I don't know, that band seemed really edgy at the time, but like. Yeah. I think also like at the time, like that was like what was getting marketed to us um, as like alternative. So in my head, like being into that, like being into like that kind of like, I don't know, like skater punk shit, like some 41 and like, I don't know, just like. It not like because I wasn't even, even into like my chemical romance or anything. I, like I, I always thought that that band was kind of corny, but I thought that when I heard that "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" and there was just like an entire song that was just uh, just about how like Mark Hoppus want wanted to like fuck his grandpa. It was like a, just a song about fucking his grandpa. I was just like, this, Dude, is, this is this is it. This is out. <laughs> Um, Hell yeah. Um, 
That's awesome. Yeah. When, yeah. When did you figure out? When did you find out about brand new? Brand new? Yeah. Um, I think it was just like, uh, um, I think that I was I I got I got into them because of uh, our mutual friend Nick, Nick Jensen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we would like just sit around in his basement and play like Halo, and then we would go drive his car like like and smoke weed and like just like drive around in the winter like over ice just like listening to that type of music Mm -hmm. um so i was always really nostalgic for it um like that time in my life but probably around like probably like when i was in a freshman in high school was when i got into it and i mean that was like i wasn't like into their stuff as it was coming out Mm. i think when it came when it came out that they had like this album that like really dark album the devil and god Mm -hmm. i was like oh okay like this is like this is a little bit more uh more heady it's more like i don't know i don't want to say like intelligent because like i don't even think it's that like that like smart but it was like it was a kind of like darkness to it um but after i like found out about that album and then like like looking into their back catalog um i was like man this guy really knows how to write songs and he has a really killer voice Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh like i i was also just like really into like how he layered his vocals like it seems like he just like put like 40 layers of everything on everything you know like I don't know. It, it just sounded really good. Like it, it just it it sounded like he wrote it. He wrote it, not. He it sounded like he wrote it at a computer. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and surely Brave Bird fans would know this about you that Brand New is like a was a big influence. Um, not to go off too off track, but how did you feel when the like Jesse news came out about Jesse Lacey uh, being a pig? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like very surprised and like, like definitely kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, that like he isn't able to just like remain like a pillar in my life, but also like, um, you know, I'm not really into, I honestly like kind of like. Yeah, just I don't really listen to that stuff anymore. Yeah, you have new pillars now. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I'm I'm not too bothered by it. Uh, honestly, like, obviously, what he did, what he does, and did is like disgusting and like shitty. Uh, but kind of. I honestly have a I think I have a habit of like having like people that I like in in the media like kind of go dark on us like yeah like I was who really else? Into pro, I was in pro wrestling when I was a kid 
Really? I mean, I'm st- still into it. Yeah, like yeah, I really yeah. my favorite my favorite wrestler was Chris Benoit. No way. And yeah, no, and I this is remember bit, the day. It? No, no way. I remember the day that um the news broke that he uh killed his entire his his entire family and then killed himself. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, like I even then I was just like I guess I guess I was just like they are they are like they are celebrities and these are just like in that way that they don't like necessarily affect my life at all yeah you know but I also was at the time I think I was I think my mind was good at justifying I was like man like that industry is really fucked up and it's sad that he he like his brain turned into that and that his family suffered because of it right um but yeah i mean i also also like a really big michael jackson fan when i was a kid too yeah and uh i mean i i haven't watched the movie but you probably shouldn't because i watched it and now i can't i can still enjoy michael jackson music but i definitely just like can't i don't know it's harder it doesn't yeah, feel good. I mean, it's tainted for sure. For sure, like I don't know. I mean, I still like Ignition Remix, you know. <laughs> don't we all? <clears throat> um. So, anyways, you uh, you eventually got out of high school and you went to University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where you had gone to school previously. Yeah. Um. And how did you learn about the metal frat? Uh, let me think. Uh, I don't know. I don't like, like I had friends that had gone out to parties there, like in high school, mm-hmm. which is kind of, kind of hilarious. Were you with us when we tried to like go to the Swellers show that was there? And then we like, didn't go in. Yes, but yeah. I remember going in. I actually went in. I think. Whoa, that's crazy. Um, Brave. No, yeah, because I think that was my first time going in to going in there. But basically, I mean, I met. You know, you, you like I met Taylor in, in like a my math class, and he was a year older than me, and like, I like. Uh, like I just saw he that he had a Maps and Atlas's shirt on and I was oh, just yeah. like I was like I should try and be friends with that guy because like everybody in my dorm's a I don't know. Everyone in my dorm's like very I don't know. Maybe they I, I feel like I feel like I didn't fuck with them but they didn't fuck with me either and it just kind of was like never going to be a thing where we would we would be able to be friends i would be able to make friends with like the people in my class right in that way more like in my dorm more specifically but uh yeah no taylor taylor um i had i, I met taylor and then he kind of he like invited me to go to a party there or something yeah Taylor's- also i actually don't know because I actually don't know because, like, I feel like that show that the the Sweller show like predated that 
Yeah, yeah, that was when we were like still in high school. I think I was seventeen when we tried to go. Oh, back. Okay. I think I don't know. Um, I think because I think yeah, was that with Glenna? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember going with Glenna and Nick. I don't know. Yeah, this is probably like two thousand nine. That's probably like 2009 or something like that. I, or maybe, I guess it could have been 2010. Whatever it was, it's fucking crazy to think about. And for people who um, are listening and don't know or aren't familiar, the Metal Frat was a um, fraternity, or it still is, in Ann Arbor uh, that used to have, like, shows and, like, it was like an alternative space or like, you know, alternative people lived there, like people that were into punk music and hardcore music and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and you eventually rushed there and became a brother. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I joined the house, uh, like my freshman year and, uh, pretty much it was, it was, uh, basically a free practice space and a hub for everybody that wanted to be involved with like the punk scene in um, Michigan, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much how you met the Brave Bird crew, right? The Mark and Mike P. Yeah. You know, actually uh, I met Mark at my, my orientation for college. And so I actually invited him over to the house uh, to, like, join it, which is, like, like crazy to think because, like, I, I remember going to when I went to college, I was like, damn, I really just need to find a drummer. And uh, he happened to be one. And he, he's That's a... So sick. He, yeah, he's, a, like... He's, he has God-given talents when it comes to, like, eye-hand coordination and dexterity. Like... He yeah. never practices, but he's so he's so fucking good. It's crazy. Yeah, his drumming really complemented the tunes. Yeah, yeah, it was really easy to write with him, and uh, but um, so yeah, how, no, I met. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I met Mark at orientation, but Mike was already already a brother of Metal Frat, so like we were all in it together, and then Terry Terry was. I feel like Terry was more your friend at that point in time. Yeah, we would just come around. You know, we yeah. we weren't going to school, or we weren't going to, uh, certainly we weren't going to the University of Michigan. We just lived in the area, and I knew you from high school, so you were my in for, like, really coming inside and, like, hanging out and meeting people at the frat. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, all, just like, we just all started hanging out there and, like, going to shows all the time and stuff. It was a weird, it's a weird, like, collision of worlds in there because it was kind of just, like, it's, like, everybody who wanted to be involved with music that was, like, a, like, a nerdy guy, like, kind of, like, gravitated to that space. But then it was also, like, everybody was also into their own shit, like, in terms of, like, genres and, like, what they liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, definitely, like, some people, like, there was there was like more of a there was a like a there's a you know 
there's like a kind of a power struggle between like the metalcore people and the hardcore people and the uh like midwest emo people right like definitely objectively the the hardcore people were the coolest in the house and like the metalcore people kind of resented that because they kind of didn't understand you know the whole like 80s hardcore punk revival like detroit hardcore right. kind of vibe yeah. but then it was weird because like the hardcore people liked the whole like 90s emo thing too right so there was like like luckily we were able to have clout with them yeah uh, that's where like pity sex came from basically right like before pity sex there was the hardcore band of the house direwolf yeah 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 those were got yeah yeah i guess direwolf was technically like a medical metalcore band but like or like like yeah i mean technically metalcore, actually but it wasn't like mall. it wasn't like it wasn't mall like metalcore. mall it wasn't mall at all yeah but yeah so like metallic hardcore metallic hardcore exactly uh but yeah no pacex is pretty much just uh direwolf direwolf with with uh Brittany drake and uh brandon in the band and because um, uh mike p who played bass was in direwolf so he joined braver oh yeah 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 he was he was he's the brains behind the operation in a lot of respects like I mean, mike p very, was a fucking was and is a genius and uh, good boy yeah. in many respects yeah um one of my best friends so i guess how did you know how does brave bird really get going like i know you guys released the pity sex brave bird split was that the first thing that you put out there or uh was it the red you know, ep first like before it was the it wasn't the Brave Bird Pity Sex split because Pity Sex only like it, it it didn't come into fruition until like I feel like a year after Brave Bird was a thing. Um but we we just like released our shit on um like we did it on Mediafire, I feel like. Oh yeah, was, like, I remember before, that. Before it was before Bandcamp. Um, and like we had it on MySpace, but like the main metric that we used to like find out like how how much like our music got circulated was like how many free downloads on Media MediaFire we got. That's crazy. And, yeah, which is just like a very I feel like nobody ever talks about that era. Yeah, I totally forgot to be honest. I mean, I haven't forgotten about it. I haven't forgot about MySpace, of course, but. I forgot about the Mediafire um, direct download era. Yeah, I mean, that's like when I had like, because I wasn't like a fan of modern, like, emo revival, really. I mean, I loved Algernon and Cadwallader, of course. Uh-huh. I thought they were a great band and they were still touring at the time. 
but I didn't like know about bands like Dowsing or or uh, like I don't know Snowing or Grown Ups or Snowing, yeah, like or but so like it's honestly like uh, it was honestly like it's kind of crazy that Braybird ended up just sounding like a lot of those bands because I was just interested in. I was just interested in alternate tunings and yeah, yeah. like uh, that kind of stuff. I think that like permeated a lot of music at the time, like a lot of Indian, like kind of punk adjacent music it was just like riffy noodling and, you know, it didn't even have to be emo. Like I liked a lot of just like kind of math rock and yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like uh, a lot of like just instrumental guitar music was was alternate tunings but like more like percussive playing um and i think yeah we, no like i, was I, gonna, I didn't even re- go ahead i didn't even realize that there was like i feel like that was my first experience with like some sort of underground culture because i was just like i just like i don't know just finding like like the top shelf forum i was like <laughs> i was like whoa there's a lot of people writing about this and then like finding compilations with like bands like prawn or uh like uh ape up in algernon like i was like wow there's this is uh this is kind of the stuff i've been looking for you know mm-hmm. uh it was a you know I, I feel like you rarely like ra- you rarely in your life are able to have something in your mind that you wish was a thing and then find out, find out that it's actually a thing, you know, like, yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, it was like a perfect timing. It was like just the perfect time to start a band like that, the perfect like community, uh, at the frat to like, kind of like, uh, help, uh, you know, raise that, uh, it was just like uh, everything about it was just like happened so uh, concisely and like I don't know. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, I mean, I, f- I always feel really lucky for having that experience and uh, not like like obviously there are like a lot more successful bands and stuff and uh, like bands that have gone to do a lot more and people with more successful careers in music. But like for me as a as just like a uh just a I mean I I I felt like a pretty isolated kid growing up, like mm-hmm. and I didn't know like if any of us were gonna be able to like do anything like this. But like any of us in Ann Arbor, because it, it's honestly like definitely like a bubble outside of outside of all of like the the scenes you know mm-hmm. like like i don't feel like anybody from ann arbor does much stuff in music to be right. honest like yeah i mean there's not besides not yeah. a lot but um, yeah no it was, it was definitely just like a it was a great moment in time you know yeah so how did the ready or not ep come together like how did you record that uh i did i just did it on i i'd I just did on um uh back in the day they had these things called Mbox minis that were basically what like a it's just like a 
like a what you would use for an interface for your like to plug your guitar in or um or a mic into your laptop but it's just like a like a box with some preamps and stuff in it but it was specifically geared to work with pro tools um which was the first uh, audio interface that i had like used uh besides besides you know like audacity because i definitely remember recording demos on audacity oh yeah uh recorded entire eps in audacity unfortunately yeah Yeah, that those (laughs) that's insane to think that that is a thing uh because that i mean it's surprisingly powerful like depending on how you use it yeah uh yeah no i like the first conception of the band was just me playing me playing guitar along to Mark playing drums. And then I, I, I didn't like have like the lyrics written or anything. It was definitely instrumental first and then vocals afterwards, hmm. which has always been kind of my, my goat, my bread and butter for like writing something I actually really like. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that because a lot of those Brave Bird songs are really, they have choruses, you know, they have like hooks and choruses. And uh, I feel like you're not as inclined to like revisit a part in instrumental music. So is that like deliberate when you were writing it to be like, okay, I'm going to have a chorus part here, even though you wrote the vocals later? Uh, you know, I think that like, I think like songwriting wise, it was always, I never had interest in having a ton of uh uh like key changes or like tempo changes or like time signature changes. I was always more interested in like uh coming up with my version of pop music or or just like something I like listening to, you know, like something not like too intelligent, you know. So mm-hmm. like even though like the i feel like there were some riffier parts for the band it was it was always just gonna be more about writing songs that were like that were really easy to listen to and for everybody to enjoy you know yeah like pop songs you know yeah and i think that's definitely what helped you know uh, make it that helped it catch on for sure i mean people were able to sing yeah. along super easy yeah you know it was like it was usually like four or five chords you know and, and i yeah what not to say, say? I, like i was gonna like like i i i do have like a classical background or like like a jazz background and like that from like doing music in high school but yeah i think it was more just like uh we're trying to rebel against doing anything intelligent at all you know Hmm, that's interesting yeah yeah just that was that's that was the whole that was my whole thing with playing guitar and playing in bands was was a you know a rebellion against that whole ideology well, I think it worked out. I wish I would have had that mindset sooner. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, too what caught mindset? up. In, 
of like you know not make not overcomplicating things and like writing stuff for other people to listen to. Yeah, or I yeah, I think I was just I think it was more just like I honestly think it was like uh, this is just what I want to listen to. Yeah, as yeah. me as like me as the ideal consumer, you know. Right. At the at the time. But I guess I don't know. I don't know if I was just like putting my shoes in put my put myself in other people's shoes like like in that way. But basically I'm just trying to say I was a dumb bitch before. <laughs> yeah, well I don't know how yeah. dumb of a bitch you really were because uh Can you bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll bleep it. Um you were, you know, uh, you're doing the right thing because Count Your Lucky Stars eventually came along and signed you guys. When was that and what was that like? Oh. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't remember when, what year it was. Do you remember? Uh, it, it was, was before. It was after Ready or Not ep obviously. yeah they yeah they wanted to do our first lp and they were like the big ones and like pushing us to like go to a studio for it um the but it wasn't like you know it's i love talking about labels like their grand like their grand like companies with like a bunch of people like putting behind everything but Count Your Lucky Stars is just, just like this. It's just, it's just Keith and his and his wife, yeah, in their apartment and just like boxes and boxes of records. So it was more just like a. It was more like he was definitely a, kind of like a scene king, at the time he had like a clout. So he, he had more just like. It was. It almost seemed like at the time he was just like, "I accept you as like a, as like, as an acceptable like member in our scene, you know." Mm-hmm. And I was like happy. I was happy for it, you know. But it was like in that way, maybe it was a little bit more anticlimactic, um, because I I had always loved like that record label and all the records that they put out almost i i feel like it was one of my goals like when i was first starting the band to like get on that label really uh, yeah yeah because uh i had i was a big i don't know i think at the time i was like yeah i love michigan like i want to <laughs> be on a michigan label nice like i was thinking i was even thinking about getting like a michigan tattoo you know oh god the- <laughs> that would <have> been cool <laughs> yeah that would have been s- sick <laughs> um well, did you guys tour after that, or did, had you toured already? Do you remember? Uh, we we went on tour. Uh, we went on tour before that. Before that whole thing, I think, because our first tour was with uh, Dowsing. Mm-hmm. So we, um, and that's if you're a band starting out, that's the best way to do it is to try to make friends with a band that's gone out before and just basically support them on tour because they'll they'll have the experience and like the connections and like 
basically be the be able to like i don't know just kind of bring you along um because uh yeah that was our first tour and it was in we went all the way to we went to like all over canada and uh i think it was like the east coast in canada so like big shout out to dowsing for taking us out yeah you're still in touch with them a little bit is that right i mean definitely mike p is still our friend from that group yeah no i mean shout out to them but also you know fuck them because they 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 took mike away from us oh yeah (laughs) in a way those fuckers uh but yeah no i'm still friends with eric and uh and mike and i think mikey's in the band i don't know they they toured brazil what really yeah they toured brazil recently that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like in south america they like i don't know if, if you're an american band you they just all think you're like freaking freaking like you two or something I'm just like <laughs> just like oh my god da- oh my god dowsing yeah dude that's so cool yeah um how come whittle down the days wasn't on anything it was it was on our uh, lp oh it was but it was a re- it was a re-recorded version of it that's not as good as the uh original one that me and terry did I didn't see it on the uh, on the Bandcamp. Maybe I'm dyslexic and couldn't read. Uh, I'm not like a big fan of that uh, that LP. Okay, well that's uh, so like it might be intentional that it's not on there, <laughs> or it's not easily found on. Oh, there. I, it is on here. I just missed it. But uh, okay, let's talk about that. Why aren't you a big fan of it? It was you recorded it in a studio. Yeah, I just I just didn't enjoy the experience. Uh, well, mostly because the guy was on like a, he was very much like a contracted worker that I didn't necessarily like. It wasn't like he was our friend or anything. He was just like a guy that ran a studio that and he recorded music for random bands and like I knew that the Reptilian had recorded there, so I was like, okay, so like he has experience and. You know, half of it is, like, my fault for definitely not being as prepared as I should have been. But the other half being his fault in that, like, he was on a very schedule. And halfway through the recording process, like, I I got really sick and, like, my voice was going. And he was just like... I was just like, dude, like, I don't know if I can do this, like, because my voice sounds like, like, shit right now. Like, I'm sick. Like, I can't talk. And he kind of just, like, was like, well, like, like, I don't know, like, what you want me to do. Because, like, we, you have these three weekends booked. I don't know if you want to book another weekend. And at the time, we had no income because we were in college and Mike P was fronting the money. Cause he was, he was actually the one with a job and I didn't want to see if he would like put up more money just so I could get better. Mm. 
so I ended up going into it just um, singing most of the vocals just entirely sick so like I just feel mm-hmm. like I, I, I just feel like I sound like shit you know, you know also like I feel like the guitar tone sounds really bad too and and also I wasn't like a really big fan of the production like in general it it just seemed very like it seemed very like sterile yeah i tend to agree that it, i mean it seems like it still it seems like a lot of the fans didn't notice and didn't care it seems like people still really liked it uh but i definitely understand that feeling that you have about it um were you guys like getting along in the studio you and the rest of the band at that point uh yeah yeah for sure like you guys were all excited i imagine like yeah like there like we had a very good like power dynamic when it was just me mike and mark uh because like i feel like we were all kind of in charge of everything we could do and we were all just happy to be there basically was terry not in the band at that point no he quit right before we did that oh oh i forgot he like quit and came back yeah then he came back after afterwards because i didn't want to do a three-piece anymore i did, I just didn't want as much responsibility like playing guitar because it was all that i could handle to to play riffy stuff and like kill my voice like that mm-hmm Okay, well, so that came out, and uh, did you tour after that release? Uh, we definitely did. I don't remember. I, don't I remember, remember seeing you guys, exactly. in, meeting up with you guys in Boston. I think you were, were you touring with The World Is? Or was that just a one-off show? Do you remember this? We played, we played, like... We played like three shows with World Is when we went out with Pity Sex for our like, I think that was our second or third tour, but yeah, that definitely, that show definitely happened. Uh, I don't even remember what the house was called in Boston, but. It's like Crazy Castle or something. Yeah, it was something castle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what's up with the demo compilation? that you guys have on Bandcamp. Oh, I, I I mean that kind of came about like when I knew like Brave Bird was over. Uh I basically took everything that I thought was representative of like the work at that time and I put it all together and was just like like please remember us like through this and not necessarily through our like albums because you know as you know like i didn't i wasn't a big fan of the lp that we did um so all of our stuff besides t minus actually now i think about it you don't like any of it besides t minus no just like uh it has all the stuff before oh it has okay got got you it's got all the stuff before that yeah 
Um, when did you know it was like uh, ending? Um, How soon after the LP, the maybe you LP? Um, actually, I'm misremembering it because we did we did the we did the EP after we did the well. It was like a, I mean, we did an eight inch or a no, it was a ten inch. The T minus grand gesture. T minus was a ten inch. Yeah, and like that was like kind of like a new life for the band, but like. I knew that we were going to break up pretty much like after we did that, that one, I knew that we were going to break up after Mark quit the band because I knew that we weren't going to be able to find a drummer that could do that, do what he did on the album, basically. So you got, you thought you guys were going to quit after the, demo compilation but then t-minus kind of like resparked the interest for you at least personally am i understanding that correctly well so the demo compilation actually came after t-minus oh weird yeah the band camp dates so like, are messed up oh really yeah it says that the demo compilation came out in march 2013 oh okay maybe i didn't make it and then Grand Minus T minus Grand Gesture was May twenty fourteen according to Bandcamp. Oh okay. Which okay, I thought okay. I I thought uh I thought it came out in twenty thirteen myself. Yeah, who can say? I mean I, I there's a paper trail for it. Uh no, okay, so so I so the demo compilation was not because I was foreseeing the band breaking up, it was because it was because I didn't like the LP and I wanted people to listen to that demo compilation instead of the LP. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why. Got it. But not to say that I didn't think that the band... I, I probably did think that the band was going to break up multiple times. Throughout yeah. Or. yeah, totally. Cause we were like, uh, cause like Mike, Mike wasn't even living in like in Ann Arbor for like three fourths of the band's existence, you know. Mm-hmm. But okay, well, can you talk about T minus Grand Gesture then? Like, how was it writing the songs? Cause I noticed, you know, that like you said, you wanted to like do less riffy stuff and be able to sing and you can definitely tell on that record that it was dialed back and more focused on like songwriting i guess like purely yeah no like i i started playing in different tunings at the time um and started playing with my fingers less played less finger picking uh and I think, uh, like, I had gotten more into just, like, like I had not only was I part, like, riding a wave at the time before, but, like, I had, like, kind of consumed more of that wave. So I was kind of, like, trying to play the game a little bit more in terms of, like, like what, it, what do people want to listen to, you know? Mm-hmm. like, And it... It it kind of just like 
it was kind of like I don't know, like feeding off of itself. Like I was kind of like, okay, let's 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 do the emo thing. Let's like do an emo record. Let's do a let's do a let's do a let's do a like a emo punk record. Um, let's let's like write lyrics. Like let's like write lyrics about like I don't know, like breaking up with people or that kind of stuff you know oh wow um and also yeah terry had joined the band so it was going to be more of a rhythm guitar rhythm guitar lead guitar situation over a two two like like polyphony situation Uh uh-huh um but yeah and and uh yeah i guess i kind of like strayed from my formula before of like writing instrumentals and then singing over them i was definitely writing chords and then singing over the chords and kind of coming up with songs that way uh-huh you know it's, instead of like ap- like lyrics after the fact yeah i think the best songs are probably on there um i think some of those songs really hold up um yeah, I still like like I mean I don't listen to any of this that kind of shit anymore, but I I I still like stand by a lot of the, like the stuff that we did on there, especially like especially the um the last two songs. Oh yeah, uh, totally. Uh, macaroni time. Yeah, macaroni time and killer killer velocity. I thought those were like I think those were like I was like trying to get like a more like industrial sound on those and like i just was like looking for something that i didn't i didn't know what it was but it was it's definitely like a more like grading like grading metallic sound in it but still it was still like still poppy you know sure yeah and you guys recorded that sorry what about lyrics oh man and i like the lyrics i did for those you know yeah, definitely. It's way. I mean, obviously, the songwriting is more mature at that point, and you can tell. Um, you guys recorded it yourself. Yeah, Terry. Terry recorded it. Sounds pretty. I mean, it, the sound, the production holds up as well. Uh, he did a good job. Yeah, you know, it. I, because it doesn't sound like it doesn't. It could. I could. There is a world where I could see it sounding like a like pop punk record, you know. But it definitely still sounds very bedroomy, you know, to me. Yeah. Which is, I think, un, unintentional because I think we were trying to do like a, like a. I think we were trying to do a big pop punk record, but like it kind of just that's just how it turned out because of like the, the tools that we had, which is, in in this in this like in this period of my life is like, I find that as a benefit as your tools limiting you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there any party that wanted to keep brave bird going after Mark left or was it entirely like Mark is part of this? If Mark isn't in it, then it's not what it is. Um, uh, Mike and Terry wanted to keep doing it. Or they would have kept doing it, but like I just yeah no I 
yeah it was like i i knew that like i knew that if i wasn't gonna do it then it was wasn't gonna be a thing anymore so you personally just didn't want to keep doing it yeah like like it it wasn't like a it wasn't a sudden thing it was more just like the deterioration of like our relationships you know Mm -hmm. like just um I mean, it's just like friends drifting apart. Uh, and I thought that we, I think that we all thought that we were, we were better than we were, but like in the back of my head, like in the back of my head, personally, I was like, dude, there are people doing way more stuff, working way harder and like doing better stuff even. And like, like I know that like if we keep doing it, doing this, we're just going to continue to like continue to stagnate and like, you know, rest on our laurels and just like ride this, this like weird internet clout that we got when we first, first became a band. It wasn't, I just knew that it was never going to be more than what it was, Hmm. you know? Okay. So what did you do after that? So, uh, did you do music at all? Because I know um, maybe around 2015 or so you started another band. Um, uh, started yeah, Senpai, no, right? Um, I, that, I just completely... I completely, like, 180'd on what... I, how I was going to going to approach music from that point on. Uh, I decided that I needed to play in standard tuning and just like regain any chops I had before in that tuning and like kind of like, you know, like go, go a more, go more like, I don't know, like a, less punk route i suppose but or like not not like a less not not punk but like because i i always wanted to do something like something grating and like like rebellious but go more uh i would say uh i don't know kind of like pay more homage to music as as a whole you know mm-hmm. instead of like feeling feeling like i i came up with everything yeah yeah totally absolutely like and just like just like realize that there's like a there's like a history to it and like yeah you know yeah that's so funny i feel like i i have been going through the exact same thing in the past few years and it's interesting that it's like a thing as you grow and mature it's like you're not doing music for your ego as much you know it's like you're doing it for more sort of genuine reasons, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when yeah. I say ego, it's like, you know, you want to write songs to make yourself feel smart, or at least that's how I was doing it. It's like, like you said, you want to be the one that makes it. You want to be the one that kind of like invented it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, I don't think that those types of like feelings are are bad or anything. Like, I think every artist needs to feel self-important in some way but uh 
I think like mature artists have gone through a lot of like ego death and like you know you can you can you can tell that like like they've destroyed themselves and like built themselves back up yeah yeah over time and uh like like i'm like when you're young you just like kind of assume that you came up with everything but you you definitely stole all that shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like you 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 definitely just like heard it from somewhere and just put it in your own song there's no way that you could have came out there it had to have come from somewhere you know yeah yeah i think that like now like or like afterward after after years of just like thriving off that that kind of energy i was just like like no man it's time to like listen to some records you know and like move forward um yeah and it doesn't have to be like obscure shit you know like yeah no no, absolutely for me it's like i gotta i'm trying to listen to like some tasteful like stuff that i know is like popular for a reason you know yeah yeah it's like purposely alienating yourself with all the like obscure 90s emo shit you know yeah it, i mean like you're you isolate yourself so you feel like a so you feel like i don't know like a unique but yeah it's, it's validating like, yeah yeah it's validating in that way but i don't really think that i think it's i think it's kind of immature to 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 not like to not acknowledge a lot of what is out there you know mm-hmm. um i mean especially popular music I, I mean like like i don't i don't care about how popular a band is necessarily um and like definitely because a band's popular doesn't make them bad but it's always just the fan base being idiotic that like ruin like that sucks you know right like like it's like every fan base is has like idiots in it and even if you're like a part of like obscure genre of music like and are writing like a very unique specific wave it's like dude there's gonna there's gonna be idiots in that fan base too that Mm -hmm. ruin it all for you you know and so Mm -hmm. like you, you can't let like popularity like dictate what you listen to you know or obscurity yeah totally for me these days it's really simple it's like does the song make me pumped up you know it's like nothing else beyond that is important um uh but anyways how do you have you listened to the senpai stuff for people that don't know he started a band and brennan from psx played with you i don't remember who else was in that band this is Brennan, Sean, and Yorma. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like I still love all those tracks, and I think that like it could have evolved into something really good. And like those doors aren't necessarily necessarily closed. You know, like, mm-hmm. we can always try to revisit that. Yeah, those songs uh, are great. 
And you recorded with Will Yip. How was that? That was like a that was like the ideal studio experience. Um, it was it, it it definitely turned me around on uh, like my experience recording the L, the Brave Bird LP. Like I was like, oh okay, this is like a really good this is a really good time, you know? Yeah, like this is how it's supposed but, to feel. But of course, you like you get what you pay for, you know? Because I know that like. I know that if like you legitimately wanted to record Will Yip like with no clout, like it would it would cost like a it would cost you like ten ten k, you know, like yeah, yeah. just to get get a, like a, a week in there, you know. Yeah, like, he's not cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he did us a solid because uh, he thought like he knew that like it could possibly be a uh, be something, you know, because. Sean and Brennan were involved in it and they were friends through pity sex. And also he was, he thought I was cool cause we were both the uh, Chinese. Hell yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's real. I, yeah, I yeah. mean, you were the only Chinese guy that I knew of playing that sort of music at the time. I don't know if that's anything you feel like talking about or getting into. Um, if it matters Yo, can to we you. take a break i need a, i need a, i need a piss yeah go for it okay uh okay i'm back cool so basically what i'm trying to say is uh Brave Bird was the uh black panther of, um <laughs> for uh for uh for the chinese definitely uh, no, I mean I don't really I don't really have anything too overarching to talk about in terms of like representation in that genre of music, you know. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, but like draw whatever conclusions you want. But every pity sex, every bit pity sex album had a uh, hardworking Asian behind <laughs> the. Uh, production definitely dude hell yeah no one wants to talk about it everyone's nobody too scared wants, nobody wants to talk about the uh the uh thousands of asian hands that <laughs> were used to uh <laughs> to uh put reverb on uh Bree drake's voice <laughs> okay um so yeah senpai was kind of short-lived unfortunately uh, yeah, is it just because you guys were in different places with like that was like at the height of pity sex, really, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, like they 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 hit me up about starting a band because they thought pity sex was going to break up. Oh. So it was more of like a it was like an insurance policy for them to like basically keep working mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I, I like I understood that, and uh, it was a good opportunity for me because like, like I I get to like write music with my friends in that way, and and it, we didn't like treat it necessarily as a side project. It was like very much like we would meet up, we we would practice like a decent amount and like write all together. You know, it wasn't like. I mean, I was definitely I definitely took the lead on like 
the bulk of like the song structure but like uh like it was definitely it was definitely a band that came from jamming together you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah what was the question like why why was it short-lived uh yeah uh yeah it was that the height of pity sex and then it kind of be, took like a backseat to that and like them touring and then i think i got i got in like a like a like a personal beef with brennan about shit like um i think it it was just it was to do with some like some stupid shit we're we're we are constantly fighting about stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. I think, I've, I think I've like I think I've deleted Brennan's contact information probably like three or four times, but then have gotten it back subsequently. That's so funny. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys kept working together after that. Uh, with uh, so I mean, there's like a year or so between Senpai and your next project, which was Death Flags. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, we, um, he, I think that, like, his talent is in, uh, aesthetics, for sure. Like, when he plays guitar, you can really, like, you can really, he's, he sounds very complete for, like, what he writes, you know, mm-hmm. but he doesn't take a lot of, like, risks, in terms of playing you know it's it's definitely very like it's very like it's like a good it's a good like package it's very digestible it's like very like it's it's like beautifully easy to understand and like that was like kind of the appeal for me to like keep working with him because like um it wasn't even just his guitar playing it was mostly like he like when I did Death Flags, I was I wanted to do something that was uh, I wanted to basically do just like like a uh, I wanted to approach the band like it was like a like a like a business, you know, because mm. I wanted it to be like dystopian as possible, you know, and mm-hmm. like 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 sterile in a like dark interesting way you know yeah yeah and so like brennan was pretty much there to like do the art and Mm. like like come up with come up with the aesthetics and stuff you know yeah i mean he definitely helped with that a lot of the art was sick during that time yeah yeah and like that was a that was a really fun time to like feel excited and like uh you know yeah the band felt like a little bit ragtag you know in a way but i think had we had the opportunity to keep it going it probably would have focused you know like the cohesive image of it all and like how we looked together yeah like i mean i i wish we could have kept playing with that lineup like or like I I enjoyed I enjoyed playing with uh, you and Brennan. Yeah, I mean, like, most of all, it was fun, right? I mean, that's that was the yeah. I mean, like you played bass bass with us, and like mm-hmm. like I like 
I was I was like very impressed with like how you played like like I thought that you really you really it was like similar to like what when I was playing with Mark where I was just like oh he's playing exactly what I had envisioned in my head you know oh sick has come yeah I'm glad to hear that Um, see you thanks man I am kind of a brilliant musician in a lot of ways uh what got you into like the what in, what like inspired you to go that sound that direction with the sound into the more like gothy post-punk stuff because senpai was definitely kind of like had a darker idea or like aesthetic you know creeping into it but it was more you know it was alt rock essentially whereas yeah. death flags was straight up like post-punk like uh, you know, I kind of just, uh, I just was kind of like looking up early articles on Pitchfork and seeing what I could rehash for the, uh, new generation. Uh, is this a bit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I just, I just wanted to come up with something sustainable for me that I thought I could be committed to you know yeah totally because um yeah like yeah ever since ever since brave bird it's been hard to like be committed to like a sound or aesthetic because like i don't i i don't i don't consider myself talented in music at all like i'm and i'm don't i don't like consider myself hardworking either necessarily but what i do know i'm good at it's like like being able to like being able to like start up from from new all over again mm-hmm. like i have no i've i have like endless optimism in trying to trying to like reinvent myself or my my sound you know yeah yeah um but i just wanted i had done that like you know like four or five times after brave bird and like even during brave bird i feel like we were always trying to reinvent the sound um but for this i just wanted like to be able to settle on something and i don't know it's kind of just it's kind of just what i i liked you know um, do you find it hard now to like stay focused on that sound? Do you find yourself wanting to do a different sound at this point? Uh, so you're still doing, you're still like, you're still making songs. I don't know when the last time you released something was. It was it in 2018 that you put yeah, out. Yeah, no, like that I mean, album. I, I, I've just been putting out. I've been. I've kind of found it pointless to. I'm not like interested in being in a band to um I don't know. Oh sorry. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh, you're not interested yeah, in being in a band. I'm not interested in being in a band to uh like to like do the whole band thing necessarily like i'm more interested in like trying to like i don't know 
find a community you know and like that of like people that like i like and like want to work with and like have have it like connect me to people i've like gone through like so many like permutations of like what i want to do with music and like i've gone like a lot of years like not like not like involved in any scene like very heavy and um and like at this point i just want to like i just want to like i just want to have fun and like hang out with my friends and just like work on stuff with people um and like when i do write demos and stuff like 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 i don't have like a necessarily like a zeitgeist to the music that i want everybody to like like to follow like um but it is more of just like a you know like a signal fire kind of to like anybody that wants to like fuck with me and like you know like like work with me or like even just like be be like friends with you know like i think that's why we all do it you know in in that sense mm-hmm. you know but yeah i mean that's more of like a that's more of like a it's more of like the reason why i'm not like so motivated these days um but like when i do when i do i still write demos and like i, I put them up on like like a uh, band camp and stuff but I'm not interested in like promoting them right now because I know that if I, if I did try and promote it, like I wouldn't have any friends right now, like right, right. This second that could drop everything to like, just do them with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I can't, I wouldn't do it by myself. So it's kind of like waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah. 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 And the like, meantime, yeah. you're like focusing on the, you're in like the hyperbolic time chamber in a way. Yeah, yeah, I'm basically practicing my sweet picking and... and you're basically, like, uh, kind of like the Goku of post-punk. Uh, well, I mean... Uh, it's okay, guess, I'll, I'll say I'll, it. I'll be the one to say it. I guess all goths are weebs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, are you looking forward to like trying to do the band stuff again when you go back to Michigan? Because for people who don't know, you're in LA and you've been out in LA for the last at least a year or two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely like that's definitely on my mind for sure. Like because. Yeah, I, I came out. I came out here to just like basically live some life and like gain some life experience and kind of like jumpstart the rest of my the rest of like my like rest of my life basically because now I'm 28 and I remember when I was 18, I was like, if I'm not successful by the time I'm 25, I'm gonna quit and just like you know and. uh I'm going to quit and, you know, be a, be a regular civilian, basically, um, go like be a normie, but, you know, I kept pushing that time frame backwards and now I'm just like, 
yeah, I just want to, I, I think when I was 18, I was really lucky to be in that situation. And like, I, I don't put like silly goals on myself anymore like that, like where I like, I have to be successful because I know it's, I know it's just, it's, it's not, it's not the healthiest like thing to do to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just trying to be more like, I don't know, be more zen about it, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I can tell that about you these days in general. I mean, anybody would be an entirely different person in 10 years time, but I can definitely tell that, you know, you've worked on yourself and like, you do seem way more chill and like, I don't know. Are you happy? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, what, what does that mean? What is, <laughs> what is happiness? I mean, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not like stressed out or like, Weird. I'm not stressed out. I'm, and I do have like kind of like acceptance about things. Um, I, um, I'm, I feel very stable. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping like, I'm hoping to like try to try to get all of my friends to like, you know, like we we talked about this over group chats, like. 2020 let's get this bag you know yeah definitely like like hopefully something comes of it um but if it doesn't you know who gives a shit yeah totally i was gonna say who cares about anything who fucking cares um okay well i don't know i don't really have any other specific things i need to hit on uh do you have any uh questions for me Um, when are you going to move back to Michigan and hang out oh, play yeah. music with me and Brennan? Um, probably when I'm like 40. Cool. So that's like, that's in like a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you no, got I mean, me. I don't know. It is, it is, yeah, it's it's so funny that, like, um, the people that I feel most comfortable with collaborating are the people that I've known the longest. And it's, yeah, I, not to say that I don't have any hope for, like, meeting anybody else that I would be happy to collaborate with, but it is, it is so random to have met all of the people that, I, I want to work with before the age of 20, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's like, if that has to do with just like environmental things, like growing up in the same area with the same influences and like, of course, you know, staying in touch, of course, we're going to be like on the same wavelength in a lot of ways, or if it's like really just like stars aligning and like you meet your friends at the right time. Yeah. I guess it's like I'm not friends with a lot of the people I grew up with still and like I don't talk to everybody from my past like you're the only person really I mean from that time that I still talk to you. 
So, I don't know what it, it is. is. Yeah, I think it's just... It's, it's We're always just trying to... I mean, at least for me, it's always just trying to get back to those times or, like, get back to it. Because there's no hope for, like, the future being better, but there is hope for uh, reliving your past just a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful, man. In a really sad way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, the best the best times were always just you know, just me and Mark, you know, playing and being like, oh man, this is sick. Let's go get Thai food now. It's like that Weezer song, "Back to the Shack." Yeah, and it, yeah, "Back to the Shack," dude. Dude, me that was like me and Brennan's like thing for like two years. We kept talking about going back to the shack. That's awesome. We got to bring that back. Bring yeah, it back, yeah. back to the shack. Yeah, for sure. In the garage. With the lightning strap. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's right. Nice to talk to you, dude. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, I, mean, I hope I hope you don't release this. <laughs> really? I mean, I hope that you, I hope that you, uh, pare it down a lot, and only put the parts that I sound cool. Oh, totally. Well, you sound pretty cool throughout the whole thing, I gotta say. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how I'm gonna release these. Um, I think I'm gonna, like, collect at least four of them total, and then, like, release them weekly or bi-weekly as, like, a season. Yeah. I mean, I think that you should, um... I think you should like yeah i think you should like put them on youtube you should get like a youtube channel or something put them on youtube oh yeah well i'll put them up everywhere that i can Uh, yeah i definitely appreciate you doing this with me because i don't you know at this point it's like i know enough people that would come on that i could get to come on and do it but i want to you know start with my friends so I can like yeah. not have someone like judging me or whatever while I'm fumbling through my flow and yeah. like learning how to do it. Yeah, I think you need. To, I think like learning how to talk in this kind of setting is like a is just like one. It's like a milestone, you know. Like in in the context of like in the in the context of like I am having a conversation but it is a conversation meant to be heard right yeah totally and just to like make sure you have a good like radio voice uh huh um I think you should I think you should come up with like an intro or something oh yeah well I'll I'll do like a separate like oh like a like a doughboy thing yeah or like a Mark Marion (laughs) type of you know, uh, like where you, where you play guitar for like yeah. half an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're play, yeah.
sing with you. 